Hello and welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast. I'm Jonathan Giles, your host as always. On the show this week, we'll be reviewing our 3-1 victory over Vincent Company's Burnley. Also on the show, we will have a look back on last Wednesday night's 2-0 Champions League home success over Sevilla. So sit back and enjoy the show. On the show this week, I'm joined by my regular guests at the show at this stage. I think you'll all know them by now. First of all, Eamon Donnelly, how are you after last week's tense, thrilling show? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how that whippersnapper was there. Evening, Jonathan. Evening, Matt. I uh, just finished just taking kidney pie there. Five Ventos. Uh, I was watching Crossroads there, my favourite. Um, no, we're all good. Um, had a good weekend and... Uh, yeah, we're just looking forward to having a chat. Good to see you again, Matt, as always. Yeah, you too, buddy. All good. I'm also joined by another regular guest to the show this last season and this. Matt Bourne, welcome to the show. How are you, pal? How are you, sir? Are you well? I'm back to you, pal. Oh, thank you. Good to be back. I don't know if we can compete with last week now, but we give it a go. <laughs> Alan Williamson, are you listening? He <laughs> <laughs> um, got a good run for his money. Um, uh, we got good responses. We got one from a London gooner, actually commented on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel. So thanks very much for listening um, week in, week out. Um, yeah, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> he said, never bring them lads on again. <laughs> Tense and thrilling. VAR hasn't a patch on this show, he said. <laughs> no, I have to say, um, no, it was great. It was thanks to Ozzy and hopefully we'll have him back again. He's working tonight, sadly. But um, it's great to have you back, Ozzy. And uh, what a show to be back on your first of the season. So I'd like to thank Alan Williamson again for coming on from the Irish Mags Newcastle United Supporters Club. It was great having him on and it's something different for the show. And um, we got really good likes and views for that show. So thanks again for everyone for listening. And, uh, and who, who, who sent Alan on? Specsavers, was it? <laughs> he says he missed that nudge in the back from you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, it was a no, a really good show. Um, before I kick on as well, lads, I'd just like to mention the two charity events that myself and Martin Stoneville are doing for the month of November. Um, Martin Stoneville is in the process of uh, manicuring the perfect moustache for November uh, for men's health. Um, is that that's what this is for? Uh, visit Movember.ie to donate where you can. Uh, for myself, I'm on uh, my own personal challenge. I'm tackling 90k for the month of November for Breakthrough Cancer Research. Ie. Um, at the moment, on on 51k of 90. Um, I'm doing this for my late uncle who sadly passed away in February from this terrible um, disease. So donate whatever donations you can, big or small, would help. So um, Martin will be putting um, this across the screen. Um, once this is edited, so if you can have those two charities, super. So we kick on with the show as always. Um, the review of Saturday's game, um, a three-one home success over Burnley, goals by Trossard, Saliba, and Zinchenko, and Brownhill for Burnley. Um, uh, Fabio Vieira got sent off. Um, for that lunge on Brownhill. Um, few key points before I come to aim and a mat. Um, it was Leandro Trossard's goal was the thousand goal at the Emirates Stadium. Um, Mikel Arteta scored the 500 goal, which was against Anderlecht. Uh, it was about 10 or 12 years ago now. Um, 
as I said just a few seconds ago, Fabio Vieira was sent off for the high sort of tackle on Brownhill. He's not a dirty player, you know, and to be honest, probably a yellow, but the straight red was a bit, you know, a bit of a shocker. But he's not like he's not a dirty player of the year, and he learned from this. Um, in terms of other um notes, uh, Bukaya Saka, um, effort late in late enough in the first half was well saved by James Trafford. I thought James Trafford had a great game and goal for Burnley. Um, it could have been a lot more than three. Um, to be honest, um, the only real key save from David Ray, I have myself here, is. The one from Goodmanson near the end of the first half, you don't mind to get down, just palm it away. Um, in terms of Burnley, um, the goal that they scored, Cody Oso, I thought, pushed fairly hard on Tamiyasu. He was trying to play it out play, but I thought that was a foul, in my opinion. Um, but Burnley took, kept going and took the goal well, in fairness to them. And then two corners by Leandro Trassard led to two goals for the Arsenal. Um, one from William Saliba. I thought we done a good job in James Trafford, uh, on set pieces to block him off, and um, Zinchenko took his really his goal really well. Um, like a scissor kick goal. Um, that was his first goal at the Emirates as well, his first Premier League. Um, in in terms of the Premier League position, it leaves us um with twelve wins. Sorry, played twelve, won eight, drew three, lost one, scored twenty six. Uh, conceded 10 and 27 points, one point off uh, Manchester City, who lead the Premier League. I'll come to you, Eamon. What was your take on the match on Saturday? <clears throat> well, I was I was very pleased um, and for a number of reasons. One is people are saying, and they're right, we're not as dynamic as we were at the start of the last season, right? But you have to remember, teams haven't worked us out at the start of the last season. Right, we scorched the earth last uh, season at the start of the season. Teams hadn't worked us out. This year, teams have worked us out, right? And what I liked about Saturday was that we've worked out the fact that teams have worked us out, and we knew that you cannot just play, you know, four hundred and eighty-six passes. And we we tried something different. Right, we knew we didn't have Odegaard in the middle of the park to open those lines. So in getting around them, we did what I criticised us for not doing against Newcastle. We got the ball into wide areas quickly. And when we got the ball into wide areas quickly, we didn't always retain possession and keep it inside and keep it moving and keep it moving. We said, we're going we're gonna to lump a few crosses into the box here. You know? And ultimately, that's what got us the, 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 the game-breaking goal before halftime. So I, I was pleased with that. I was also pleased um, that I know you said that the, the, the lad Stafford had a, a very good game and goals, but he, he's young. Yeah. And he's, 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 he's not great on crosses at this level yet. And that's, yeah. not a, that's not a criticism of the boy, but we targeted that in the same way as I've said that the way Aaron positions himself sometimes at set pieces. Um, and the way he stands, teams have copped it on and they, they, they get in his way. And, and we did that. And it was very interesting to hear Arteta say that you know, this year is a bit different because when teams are playing so deep against us, right? Well, we're going to get a lot of corners because of the way the game is going to organically kind of flow. Yeah. And so therefore we have to be effective at set pieces. Now, I know that we have endless amount of corners that don't produce anything. 
but we're the most successful team from corners in the in the Premier League at the moment, you know. So um, so that was good. Uh, in the second half, um, it was amazing how much went down the left hand side, um, you know. And I think that's down to where Declan is playing. He tends Declan tends to drift to the left anyway to try and he, he moves the ball quicker for a right footed player like Declan. Uh, it's easier to move the ball to the left hand side quickly. Uh, and also, when Trossard was playing up front, he tends to drift off to the left. So there was a lot of activity down the left. One of the downsides on that for me was with um, that lad that you mentioned, I can't remember his name, the, the, the guy who had searing pace down the left-hand side. Holy also. Yeah, right. It left us a bit open on that side because there was so much, so much activity and traffic on our left that when, when they switched the ball to the right-hand side, there was quite a lot of gaps, and Tommy Asu uh, acquitted himself very well. I'm not sure. I'd, I, I'm not sure. I'd 100% agree with you about the whether it was a push or not. Some days you might, get, but there was no way we were getting the VAR decision yeah. this week. Like after after the club coming out, and um, and rightly so, in my opinion, as I stated on the show, yeah. uh, and supporting the manager and saying that the standard wasn't up to scratch. You're basically then asking the people who you've said are not up to standard to go and give us a decision. Now that won't last a whole season, but that was a real up yours from the officials and bar and um, that decision because it wasn't really looked at in a, in any meaningful way. He did get a shove, wasn't enough. Uh, well, it was, I always go back and I said it on the show last week to uh, Ben White on the on the Leicester goalkeeper last year when he just yeah. literally put it, you know. Oh my God! So you know we won the game, so we don't have to spend uh, the show talking about VAR. But that was um, up yours and wrapping paper from VAR. Uh, <laughs> was on. I, I, I think I can understand why, and hopefully they'll feel they've got a bit of a bit of retribution. On the sending off, um, you're right. Uh, Vieira is not a dirty player. He doesn't help to be a dirty player, um, but he committed the dirty offence. And I'm not sure. I think he wasn't tuned into the game, and he just didn't get it right. But it was a standing off. It was a clear red. I've no doubt about that. And you could see the lad himself when he was going off. He was given out to himself. He was, yeah. He's frustrated. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Now, oh my Jesus, Fabio! You have your minutes. You're getting a run in the team, and then you go and do that. What a plonker! Um, so from that point of view. Uh, it, it, it was unfortunate. Um, I know David Raya only made well, he made two saves, but the one that he did make uh, was very, very agile to get down the way he did on on his left hand side. Yeah, uh, it was very, very quick. Um, but it was also very important, you know. Uh, you know, at that stage of the game, I think um, he's been criticised a lot. Um, but he was top class on, 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 on Saturday. His distribution was top class as well. So you've got to say, okay, if you're going to give out stick uh, when a guy is not doing so well, well, then when he does well, you've got to kind of say, hats off. The converse of that is I thought Kai Havertz in recent games had been really coming into himself and looking a bit better. He disappointed me on Saturday because he fluffed a header that he should have done better with, having made the run. And then there was a shot that he had that, you know, a guy with some belief would have gone at it with more conviction. It was almost, I'll get me shot off, but I'm really not going at it. And he, 
he looks a guy who's short on confidence. There's a player in there. I'm not going to jump on the Kai Havertz bandwagon, you know. There's a player in there, but he had a real opportunity to do something on Saturday. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. I, I watched the Access All Areas video on Arsenal.com, which is always a great watch because yeah. it's different angles and stuff. It's 11 minutes. Yeah. And uh, what I loved was as soon as Burnley scored, um, we had the ball on the halfway line, all Jean each other up, ready to go while they were still celebrating. I liked that. There was no inquest or nobody looking at anybody else. So it was very satisfactory from that point of view. Uh, as you said yourself, we're eight, three, and one, as they would say in American football, without really clicking. Yeah. You know? And I think that's a good thing. Just a couple, a couple of very quick points before Matt comes in. Um, the uh, Leandro Trossard has been the best signing uh, for the price that we got him at in years. Right? The versatility in his game and his game intelligence. And I want to go back to what I now call Black Saturday when um, Mudrick signed for Chelsea. Uh, and the absolute, absolute, you know, um, pandemonium by Arsenal fans that we hadn't signed. Now, I'm just saying to you, mm. Which would you rather? Oh, your team? Yeah. Right? Um, it was a great piece of business. As was Jorginho. And here's my last point. Um, if again, if you watch Access All Areas, I'd, I'd urge any gooner to do it, right? On the, on the Arsenal.com. Watch him when he's coming out of the tunnel for the warm up. Mm. He's geeing up players at the warm up, right? This guy is going to become a coach. And he's going to become a very good coach. He's actually a coach on the pitch. Okay, right. he doesn't have the physical strength and pace that we'd all love. Um, but this guy is a serious footballer with a serious football brain. Um, you know, he's with us almost a calendar year now. And he has totally bought into the Arsenal, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and he, under, he understands. So he was a captain uh, um, at the weekend. And... Um, he was a captain, fantastic in my view, and the, the, the way he the way he went about his business. So it was very satisfactory, and um, you know, you people think you're going to be swatting away teams like Burnley, but when they, you know, when when they come and play with that kind of defensive shield, it's not that easy. It takes yeah. work, and we got the work done. Yeah, it's a good point. Before I come to you, Matt, Jorginho, he got a stood to the head at the very end of the match where. He put his head where it hurts, you know, where yeah. the boots were flying in. Um, yeah. And I thought oh, there was a piece in the Telegraph actually from today uh, where you just said they're aiming about him down to be probably a future coach. Arteta loves him in the training as well. You know, he giving instructions to, the, you know, he's a real all around, uh, you know, big experience, obviously being at Chelsea winning trophies and all, but he seems to be a leader on the pitch and off it as well, which is always great to have around you. Just before I come to Matt, Eamon, <coughs> Zinchenko's been getting a bit of stick lately for his poor performances. I thought his goal against Bournemouth was superbly taken. What did you make of his performance on Saturday? I No, he was very good on Saturday. Yeah. Well, my, my criticism of Zinchenko, he's such a good footballer, you see. My criticism is, look, he's never going to be a Kieran Tierney at left back in terms of how he defends, but that's not the way we play. Yeah. But my criticism of, of him coming inside was, particularly against West Ham, 
he's trying to get on the ball too much. He's getting in everybody's way. But, you know, so yeah. I, thought, I, I thought that I thought he, he had an excellent game on Saturday. I'm delighted for him. Because yeah. him again, he's full of the right stuff, that guy, you know. And especially, especially what's happening in his homeland as well. You know, there's a lot going on in his head as well, you know, and pointing to his wife in the the box there when he scored. You know, he, he's a great, you know, he's an all around good, good lad. Um, he's done to sit down. Sorry? He was done to sit down. <laughs> VAR. <laughs> Can I guess you're a man of the match, Eamon? <laughs> oh, Trossard oh, yeah. was man of the match for me because he was the key that unlocked everything. Yeah. You know, it, it was his movement that created the gaps for them crosses to be slung across. So the Trossard for me, you know? Yeah. Good show, Eamon, yeah. Um, and he had a good game a few days previous against the V as well, yeah. Um, Matt, you've been sitting on the bench there for a while there tonight. Um, yeah. Your take on Saturday's uh, impressive 3-1 victory? Yeah, um, I think Eamon read my notes because he pretty much said everything I had written down. <laughs> Literally everything. Like, possibly to the, to the T. But anyway, um, yeah, listen, uh, very good performance. Uh, totally dominated the game. Um, but yeah, like you say, you're not going to beat, these teams are not just going to roll over. You can see it. You can see with Luton uh, there for the last couple of games as well. They came up. I still think them three sides who came up will probably go down again. I still think so. But um, they're always going to make it hard for you. Um, but we uh, totally dominated the game. Uh, Eamon mentioned about uh, Kai Havertz. You know, like most Arsenal fans, I think we're all trying to work out what his job is, what his position is, where they're going to get the best out of him. You know, a lot of people are asking, why did we sign him? Why did we waste the money and so on? I do see a player in there, like Eamon said. There is a player in there. He just shows little glimpses that maybe he can... I think what Kai Harvest needs is, I think he needs to score a fucking goal. You know? I really do. I think that will make such a difference to him because he got the penalty uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of a, ah, let him take it, you know? You know, like a Make-A-Wish Foundation almost, you know? And... <laughs> It was, you know, it was it was just given to him for that purpose so as he could score and he could maybe get his confidence up and all. But he never looked like, you know, he looks so clueless sometimes. But there is a player there. There is there is something there that I hope clicks. Like every Arsenal player that ever puts on, pulls on the jersey, you want to see them do well. I want to see him do well. Um, so I'm hoping once he gets that first goal, it could kick him into gear. It could... You know, give him the confidence to, to push on. Um, again, Trossard, like Eamon said, he was just, what a signing he has been. He has been absolutely fantastic. And not one Arsenal fan would take Mudrick in place of him, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'd be very surprised if any of them would, you know, with the way things have gone on that. Um, uh, Vieira's red card, I think it was, it was deserved. And, yeah, he totally regretted it. The minute he put his foot up, you could tell he was he could not believe what he had just done, you know. Um I didn't get involved in the VAR debate last week, but <laughs> I have to just a couple of little points on that if I can. Yeah, not gonna get, not yeah. gonna get back into it completely, but you've seen a couple of incidents this week uh against Burnley, uh, you know, obviously the Tommy Asu incident. I didn't think there was much in it. I don't think, you know, I don't think you're gonna get that decision. You know, but there was an incident in the first half where Saka uh, nudged off the back of a player, 
uh, and instant whistle, free kick out. You know, which was which was less of a push than Gabriel the pre or than on Gabriel the previous week. You know, so it's the consistency is the problem. This is not. A, you just made the points last week about. Uh, you know, I think uh, our friend from Newcastle uh, enjoyed enjoyed him more because you know he's defending his team. He's delighted he's won the game and all that stuff. But <clears throat> this is not a. I guess this is not a football. Like, or this is not a PGMOL against Arsenal thing, per se. Yes, we feel hard done by because we've had some bad decisions against us. But it's the consistency is the problem. It's every week, week in, week out, the same challenge is going on punished one in one match and not being punished in it, or you know being punished the next game. It's just that consistency. I don't know how we're going to fix it. I believe VAR is a good thing if it's done properly. But it needs to be done properly. And I said it a few weeks ago to you, Jonathan, on one of the shows that you don't hear, or maybe you do in other countries, you don't hear, oh, there's a terrible decision in the Barcelona game there last night, you know, that VAR gave a penalty and they shouldn't have and all that. You just don't hear it. It's the Premier League, it's the PGMOL, whatever's going on there, I do not know whether that's the, you know, the fact that they're heading off uh, to Saudi Arabia during the week to referee matches and, you know, there's envelopes flying around. You do not know. You just do not know. Uh, but there's something wrong. There's something seriously, seriously wrong that has to be fixed. Um, but anyway, let's get back to let's get back to Burnley. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought Sinchenko was exceptional as yeah. well. I thought he got himself around the pitch really well. He, uh, I suppose, that game really suited him. You know. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. He just seemed to get more space, or he seemed to get more more of the ball, or that. I mean, we had. I think we had 80% possession at one stage. We were just, you know, running all over them, which which is always good to see. We're missing, there's something lacking. Uh, I don't suppose you can say there's something lacking. Last season, we just seemed, oh, there seemed to be more fightness last year. There seemed to be more passion in us last year uh, on the pitch. I still think they're, I don't, they haven't hit get top gear at all this season. They just haven't. You know, we've gone through the first 12 games and we've never really looked like, whereas we've got a lot of possession in games, we've never really looked like we're going to knock six past the team. You know, we've always been, we've always had to really, really fight to break teams down. Sheffield United aside, I suppose, right? But we look like we've always had to fight to break them down. We've we've had all the possession. We've had uh, all the corners. We've had everything else. We weren't able to break them down. Uh, but listen, I feel over the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe after this international break, we could start hitting some decent form. If we get some players back from injury, we need to keep we need to get players fit. And we need to keep them fit. I don't know what it is. Thomas Party, uh, who I think is probably going to leave in January, he seems to be given out that he's not getting any minutes and he's injured all the time. You know, you can't get minutes if you're injured. Uh, I think it'd be a, a you know they'd be wise to ship him off if they can if they can get the money for him because you know he's not he's he's missed a year in total of matches for Arsenal since he joined and that's you know that's just not good enough even when he when he first joined he was injured you know and Thomas, Thomas part time yeah he works part time and that's it that's <laughs> it it's just unbelievable like it, you know the week before he was injured this time he was he was seen kicking a balloon in the air to for his uh, baby reveal party you know, he could get his leg up in the air high enough to kick a balloon, but he couldn't fucking play the next week, you know? <laughs> so 
don't sure. know what's going on with him. I think they'd be well to ship him off. But I t- hopefully after the international break, you might see Jesus coming back. You might see Odegaard coming back. Uh, I think Saka. I think Barry's balloon shop are going to offer us ten million for him. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, but I think I think Saka uh, has looked very good the last couple of games as well. Yeah. He had gone off the boil a little bit. Saka never goes off the boil per se. You know, he takes a knock. He seems to take a knock every game and comes back the next game anyway. You know, so he's he's that kind of player. I said it in the previous podcast. Who's going to come in to back up Saka because he never gets fucking injured? You know. And they're not going to sign a player for 60 million to back up Saka because he'll be gone. There's not a feckin' chance he's going to get injured, you know? But it's great to see him. He's got a little bit of form back. I think he's missing Odegaard too as well. But uh, Odegaard had gone a little bit off the boil himself as well prior to, prior to his injury. So hopefully he'll come back stronger. Uh, very satisfying results. And I'm going to give my man of the match to uh, Zinchenko. It was very close with, with, with Trossard, by the way, but I think Zinchenko just, just pipped it for me. Yeah, I Jonathan, could I just make one point? On yeah, for yeah, it's kind of complementary to a point I made earlier. Mm. I, I think the team is playing with every bit as much passion and fight. Yeah. But we're, play, we're playing against different style of opposition. Mm. And the point I'm making is that last year we went on this um, tornado where we were ripping teams apart. Mm. They hadn't worked us out. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. Out now, and they're making us play at what? To the observer, it looks like a slower pace because they're they're sitting much deeper. Deeper, yeah. What what, yeah. what pleased me most about Saturday was that we worked out the fact that they had us worked out. Right. And yeah. We, and we and we tried different things, you know. And do you know what I mean? I said this. I said this after the first few games of the season uh, when Odegaard and Saka. Whereas last season they were knocking the ball around between themselves, yeah. they were interchanging, they were doing all this, and this season they weren't allowed to do it. And, you know, people worked out how they operated. So it made them look like they weren't playing as well. They were still trying to do the same things that they were getting away with last year. But teams have copped them on now and they've thrown three men on Saka. And, you know, they've they've really piled up that side of the pitch when uh, Odegaard and Saka are in possession or whatever else, you know. So, yes, you're dead right. Teams have. And, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't feel we've hit that top, top form yet. I don't think it's down to lack of fight is the point I'm making. Mm. I think it's down to the fact that structurally teams yeah. are doing different things against us. So mm. we've got to do different things. Yeah. What I was trying to say last week on the show um, was that, you know, when you're facing that kind of thing, it's impossible for the team to double team both your wingers if you move the ball quickly from one side to the other. Yeah, and we didn't against Newcastle. We didn't do that against Burnley. We did. Martinelli yeah. loads of joy down the left in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martinelli, you just you pick up Martinelli there, and I had a note written on him there. Um, Martinelli is an exceptional footballer, but his final ball is you know he'll do he'll do a lot a lot of hard work, and then find the ball to be fluffed. You know he does he does so much work. He's a a supremely talented footballer and he could be so much he could be absolutely one of the best in the world but he's missing he's missing something from that final part of his game you know he could be cutting inside and scoring lots of goals or he could be you know getting past two or three defenders and getting to the byline like that little flick over the defender the other day um, or was that on Saturday or was that that was a severe game game. you know the little flick over the defender on the line and all this all that's beautiful to watch, 
But if there's no result at the end of it, if you're going to pass the ball over and miss every player that's in the middle, yeah. you know, I think he needs to he needs to improve some parts of his game. But he's he's he absolutely could be a world leader. But there's just that little something missing there, and uh, hope he finds whatever that is. You know, it's, it's funny you should say that because I remember very early in his Arsenal career, uh, Thierry Henry was something similar. Yeah, that, you knew you knew there was absolute worldliness in him. Mm. The final ball or the final, it's not just about the execution of the final ball, it's the decision you make in your head. Yeah, and, and you all know what happened to happen that with Thierry. Yeah, but do you think, do you think he should consider moving Martinelli inside? Um, no, I, th- I, th- I think that's a good position for because in, in Thierry was never an inside player anyway. Yeah. He always he always played, he, he always played from the center of the box. But always arced out that left hand side, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um. Just just say uh, you mentioned Thierry Henry, Eamon. Um. In a couple of days' time, on November the sixteenth, to be the twenty fourth anniversary when he done that solar run against Boris at Highbury and and nice. done that done the slide in front of the fans. I was there. I was there. Yeah. What a moment! I think it was Stephen yeah. Carr. He made a fool of uh, the Boris fullback. Yeah. yeah. I think it was my. I think might have been Casey Keller and goal that day for sports. Wasn't the first person to make a fool of Stephen Carr. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was a great. What a solo run, though. Yeah, it, it does have the Arsenal calendar that you get every year, and that's one of them. You know, November sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to believe it's twenty-one years ago, though. And um, it was a thousand goal for Leandro Trussard, as I said earlier on, lads. It was a thousand goal at the Emirates Stadium. Mm. And on the guy used to pick. I know there's been a. <laughs> A lot of them at the Emirates Stadium, but I know when I come to you, Eamon, your favourite goal of them a thousand at the Emirates, and there's been a lot. And you have to name them all from one to a thousand and justify <laughs> where you get that. Well, I'm going to give you two favourite goals instead of one, um, because I've got to pick. I'm not saying they're the best goals, right? But the ones that gave me the most joy because I happened to be there was when Danny Welbeck. Scored against Leicester mm-hmm. in the you know in the very like and you know that 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 was the league that we could have won and you know had we not gone out and lost a home to Swansea um, a few days later I think we would have won that league yeah but that moment being in the stadium having been one 0 down for a lot of that game mm-hmm. uh, the year Leicester won the title when Welbeck put that in Ozil on the ball and behind the goal and you're thinking. Yeah. Right, Mesut, right, use your wand, use, give it your best. And he put a beautiful ball in. And Welbeck had just come back from injury. He was only on the pitch a few minutes. Yeah. And as he said himself, he looked back at the celebration. He just went, do I really make those faces? So that, that's what it meant. And the second one is Reese Nelson against Bournemouth. And Matt, you and I were both there. <laughs> that was just pandemonium. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. It was yeah. just pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. of the way the game had transpired, that you know we've been knocking on the door for so long, you know they got a goal, got a goal after nine seconds, and everybody was going with their popcorn. So what, you know, we'd be all grand. we weren't grand. Then we were tuning down, <laughs> and uh, the comeback was unbelievable. And um, but that the Reese Nelson one to me is yeah. probably the greatest moment I've had in that stadium. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. It's great to say that, Dame. Um, Matt, you it didn't. Uh, 
They didn't count the seven goals you let in in the tournament, though, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. I'm glad that's that's been erased from the embers. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that's down in that um, that hole you have in the uh, stadium, <laughs> in that time capsule. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I like the way Eamon keeps bringing that up every few weeks. Um, <laughs> P45 again. Um, Matt, there's been a lot of goals at the Emirates, as I said, a thousand of them. What was your favourite? Um, what was your standout goal at the Emirates? Yeah, well, not only was Eamon reading me notes, but also my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've got well, I've got one the same and another one different. Uh, for me, and a, a game I wasn't at, uh, was uh, Thierry Henry's our comeback goal that he scored at the Emirates. Yeah, Thierry Henry against Leeds. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, now celebration as well. Oh man. my god, yeah. that yeah. that moment, just watching the TV, watching that, and watching his face coming back yeah. towards the bench yeah. was yeah. just one of the like I screamed, you know, like yeah. you know, just with pure joy when that happened. But um, I gotta say, I never felt anything. Like I felt when Reese Nelson scored that goal, and like we're talking about Reese Nelson here, we're not talking about a fucking superstar. We're talking about uh, like <laughs> two 0 down to Bournemouth and going back to beat Bournemouth three two. You know, there's not a lot to celebrate there, but I never felt that atmosphere. It was like the stadium exploded in that second. You know, I remember talking to Tara actually. Tara was standing directly in front of me, uh, Eamon's wife, and. Uh, I remember just saying to her, like, because they didn't have the clock up with the time on it, how long was left, you know, and we're like, how long is left, how long is left, and we're back and forward, and I'm looking around at people, how long is left, how long is left, and Terry goes, it's over, it's over, it's over, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden that hit, well, yeah. I've never felt an atmosphere like it, and I genuinely said at the time, it was the, my favourite moment ever of being at the Emirates, was the feeling after that goal went in was just amazing. Uh, so yeah, that too. But uh, obviously, a special mention to the uh, Jack Wiltshire goal. Uh, yeah, the, against the, the, the team, the team movement, uh, the flicks, Santi Cazorla, you know, Oliver Giroud or Olivier Giroud. That was just beautiful against Norwich City. That was absolutely beautiful. I think that probably would be the fans' vote for the favourite goal at the Emirates, maybe. But there's so many over the years, you know. Uh, but like I say. Reese Nelson is a forever a hero for me for that goal. I gotta say, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I have to say, no, there is one, and I'm gonna go back there to the start of the Emirates Stadium. I think it was around 07 08, Abu, Abu Dhabi versus Derby County. It was, oh, yeah, a, it was a rocket of a strike. Um, yeah. I never forget that one. Um, and obviously, Reese Nelson for the importance of the goal as well. Yeah. I think Thierry Henry's header maybe against United as well. To win two oh, one yeah. in the last, you know, yeah. there's so many. Yeah. yeah, we've been blessed to have so many great players. Yeah, um, I know, and this is it. You know, Highbury was great. You had many great goals there, but well, one of the great. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that Thierry Henry header against um, United because we were at the time the supporters club was down in um, Kate's Cottage down in uh, Amiens Street, mm. and. Um, We'd lost to Barcelona um, the year before in the um, yeah. Champions League final. And Henrik Larsson then had signed for um, 
I don't know what it was. Did he sign for United? I think it was. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these three randomers came in uh, during the second half and started singing Barcelona, Barcelona. <laughs> right? And we were all kind of thinking it's a Sunday afternoon. It's January. Chill out, like you know. We've all had a Christmas voice. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and, uh, when the call went in, they had to walk by everybody. And, uh, everybody just you know, went, Do you want to do the walk of shame? You know, the walk of yeah. shame. From that point of view, it was great. Yeah. I have to say, it was the best thing about that goal as well. There was a great assist from um, Emmanuel Abui sent over the cross from. And he absolutely buried that header. I think that was actually Henri's last season with us before he moved on. I think. Um, and Van Persie scored, and I think he broke his foot during the process. Office to make one more. I've got a song coming on, Jonathan. <laughs> don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Don't blame it on the good times. Blame it on the buoy. Yeah. <laughs> what others would you get that? <laughs> I tell you, Alan yeah. Williamson, you're you're missing out this week again. Uh, <laughs> a low key affair, this one, I have to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we move on, lads, to uh, last Wednesday night's um, 2-0 home win over Sevilla. Uh, Trossard again, after say the assist from um, Jorginho to see that pass to uh, Saka, who set it up from, it was just incredible. Uh, and then, of course, Saka scored a nice one himself, just cutting in on the defender and burying it. Um, it's nine points from a possible 12 now in our first four Champions League fixtures. Um, a win over Lons now in a couple of weeks' time and all, but see the top spot and... Uh, the last 16 come f- for February for us. Um, I thought, uh, as Matt said earlier on, there, uh, Martinelli and Saka terrorized the two fullbacks of Sevilla and um, gave them an awful night. Uh, and I have to say, it was well, a well deserved home win. I thought we controlled the game really well and, um, probably unlucky not to add another one or two. Um, our remaining fixtures are, uh, Lons on November the 29th and PSV Eindhoven a couple of weeks later away. Um, in terms of the match last Wednesday night, Eamon, were you happy enough, obviously, to win in 2 0? But what did you make of the game yourself? Well, I'll be very, I'll be very quick uh, on yeah. this one. Um, Go ahead, Eamon. That game was played on my 58th birthday, so there you go. Um, oh, happy birthday, birthday Eamon. And, uh, actually, rather than, rather than go out drinking, um, uh, I decided. Um, stayed I, in I, drinking. I <laughs> having a, a small little drink. And an Indian takeaway. That's what AIDS does to you. you know? yeah, that's that's um, no better yeah. way to celebrate. Yeah, but anyway, look, the game. Uh, if you were a Sevilla fan, what would you have felt like? They never laid a glove on us. They never gave it a go at all. Uh, it almost seemed as if they have conditioned themselves to say, we get into the Champions League every year, we don't qualify, and then we go and win the Europa League. Yeah. 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 And that's the way they played. They, 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 you know, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. We didn't have to be great, but we controlled the game. Um, you're right. Um, we controlled the game. The, 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 the spot that Jorginho had to spot that pass and the execution opened up the entire game. It was, it was the game-changing moment, you know? It was, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it was, uh, again, Saka and Trossard understand each other. That's, that's obvious, right? And um, it was a routine performance. Didn't need anything spectacular. It was cohesive and controlled. And uh, in the in the words of the great Dave O'Leary, uh, get on with it. Get on. <laughs> yes, you can't ask for any more. Yeah, nine points from four games. Yeah, 
You said that another win. You said that another win. All but yeah. guarantees. Another win guarantees top spot. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I think another win guarantees top spot. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The way it's going now, because PSV, uh, I think they can only get eleven. Baltimore can only get eleven. Another win gives us twelve. Mm. Top it over, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And it'd be nice to wrap it up at home, you know, against Lance well, it'd, be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice not to have to play Eindhoven, have to do anything. To do anything, yeah. You know, yeah. in the middle of all that fixture congestion. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You, yeah. you could put your Carabao Cup team out, and I'm talking about last year's yeah. Carabao Cup team. Although even if we did that, there'd be a meltdown on the the WhatsApp group. But like, you know, uh, Ian and Craig, are you listening? We should go all out. We should go all out to beat Lons. Um. Given the fact that they turned us over, we should go all out to yeah, put manners on the um, top yeah. of the group and then do not worry about the December fixture. Send out, like, you know, Stella Mariners or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> said, Eamon. Um, Matt, your take on um, last Wednesday's victory? It was nice. Yeah. You know, it's hot victory, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Eamon got the notes again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just had, no. just had it read. It's just incredible. It was genuinely <laughs> walk in the park, and Sevilla should be ashamed of themselves. You know, they should be. You know, they, they're yeah. competing in the top. You know, we went into that game like we went into the uh, PSV game, the first game, uh, with a Champions League attitude. And... Yeah. You know, knowing that we had to work work hard yeah. to beat these teams and we need to fight hard and everything else. We walked over them. We absolutely walked over them. They had one shot on uh, the whole game, you know. Uh, no danger whatsoever. Um, um, yeah, it was it was it was it was it was t- almost too easy, you know, and you don't you wanna you wanna go into these games and be competitive and uh, actually feel like yeah, you had to really put in a shift to to win a game and look what we did and so on. It was, uh, it was, it was so easy and it should never be like that. You know, uh, going back to what you were saying about Lons away, uh, I think the whole occasion beat us that day. You know, uh, the atmosphere in the stadium was phenomenal. Uh, the fans were definitely the 12th man for Lons that day. And when they come to the Emirates, we've got to do the same to them. And I think we will comfortably beat Lons when it comes to it, because we should have comfortably beaten them over there. But I think once we get them home, we'll beat them. We'll beat them well. I believe. We, Matt, we were also playing Man City the following. Yeah, Sunday. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But we, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. But now you've got to, you've got to go out and fight in Europe, uh, especially in the Champions League, to to get your results. And uh, Sevilla, yeah. They're probably happy to tip back down into the Europa League and uh, put on a good show there because that's what they do. But uh, look, I, I, it only matters about us getting through to the next round, winning our group and maybe getting an easier tie. <laughs> but it's the Champions League. Into the final 16 of the Champions League, you're going to be a tough game no matter what, you know? So yeah, very win, the, win the group and put it to bed in February, you know? Like, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the argument. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Had to ask for more, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting times in the Champions League as well, yeah. Um, just a shout out as well, um, to the Arsenal women's team. They were two 0 down on Sunday against Leicester City to come back yeah. in the second half and score six to win six two. Um, quite an incredible second half performance, and they're starting to pour now. 
you know, after a bit of a slow start to the season, I thought they really didn't. Alessio Russo starting to get an eye for the corner, you know, starting to bag mm. a few in and Black Senius and the injuries we had. Um, Beth Mead has come back from that ACL as well. So it's a, it's a good 11 now, lads. Yeah. And uh, hopefully a title charge is in the process. Um, mm. And it just, it's been a busy show. So just to kind of of in, um, if, if, if any Arsenal fan hasn't watched the highlights of that game, Go and watch them and look at the quality, yeah. the quality of the passes that broke down the Leicester. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Incisive passing. Yeah. 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 Leicester tried to play a bit of a high line, didn't they? And they got badly Absolutely. cut out. We scored them in Sunday, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did you? Yeah. What's actually, just briefly, Amy, you take it, you watch the match, did you watch the make of yourself? It was no, cool. It was the second half. It was. Yeah. I, I, I watched the extended highlights because yeah. I, was doing, I was doing other things at the weekend that I'll talk to you about in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, look, 6-2 to the Arsenal women's team, Almers and upwards. Uh, in terms of Pat Jennings, lad, there was a statue unveiled to him there up the north there. He, he was unwell the day before. Thankfully, he's mm. back to good health. Um, yeah. Your memories of him, lads, briefly, in, in the Arsenal short? I'll let you take that one first, Simon, because yeah. uh, I think he slightly precedes me. <laughs> slightly, very, very. Well, well, you see, the thing about it is, like, I, I was born in '65, so I started watching football '71, mm. '72, and yeah. Pat Jennings was just accepted as after Garden Banks, he's the best in the world. He was unbelievable, right? And what I love about the, the Pat Jennings to Arsenal story is that in 1977, Tottenham decided he was past it at the age of 32. Mm. And yeah, and um, they decided to bring uh, bring in another guy who wasn't near his standard, and they fully expected him to sign for Ipswich Town because you know he was never going to join us. And Pat was very very upset by that, even though he's taught them through and through, and he is taught them through and through. Um, but Pat um, decided, well, I'm not going to uproot my family. I'm going to go to the Arsenal. Now you would think that that's a journeyman decision. But he played 370 odd games for us, mm. you know. <laughs> he's the one guy that does YouTube footage of the testimonial uh, when Arsenal played Tottenham, and he's the one player that's played for both clubs that's absolutely adored at both clubs. He's a he's he's Tottenham through and through because that was his the club he played as a young guy and all of that type of stuff. Mm. Um, but he was a great goalkeeper uh, and, and, and a great temperament. But what I love is, um, and, and this shouldn't be underestimated, when we beat Man United in the Cup final in 79, there were six guys on the first seven from our island, three from the north and three from the south. But I loved it. Every time I watched that era back, Pat Rice uh, was the, the right foot for Arsenal. And him and Jennings, they were always killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they had a real, I know, Pat, Pat Jennings is one of the, he also did an ad, and here's a bit of, um, if anybody can find this on YouTube, I haven't been able to find it. Um, he did an ad in the 70s for Cookstown Sausages on the North. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And yeah, and you, do you know what, Matt? It, it was a time when we didn't get much to eat in Fingers on a Saturday morning, you know. Um, but <laughs> you could nearly smell the sausages coming out of television. Yeah. <laughs> you used to be on the bar with a spark, you know. 
Uh, if any listeners have a pack of Cookstown sausages, I've got to say the catchphrase was get on the scent of the Cookstown sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that in any other show, lads. <laughs> what a keeper, though, yeah. And it's great to see him back in health again. You know, it's a bit of a health scare, but another yeah. lesson. Um, I think Brady was up at that real unveiling as well, wasn't he? Name Brady went up for the unveiling. Yeah, I saw that the pictures of him. Yeah, he was very close to him as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a great turnout for him as well, and in his hometown as well. So it's great, isn't it? Can you imagine the conversation there? Pat says to him, <laughs> "I always found you as very dynamic. I am very dynamic, Pat. You know, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were both very monotone. You know." <laughs> I've, uh, I have a best seller out at the moment, part of you. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, to finish the show, Eamon, what were you up to, Eamon? Uh, you were done to tell us. <laughs> well, I going to say to you, um, I had a bittersweet experience at the weekend. I went to see my beloved Bohemians in the FAI Cup final. Uh, there was a record attendance there of 44,000. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was bitterly bitter disappointed with the result. Um, it was a game that Bowles left behind. They had the chances to win. But the one thing I wanted to say was, for all the knockers of League of Ireland, for all the knockers of the League of Ireland, it was a first-class game of football, all played on the deck, with yeah. two competitive teams, and a, and a wonderful day out. And uh, it, I was just delighted that it was a brilliant advert for the League of Ireland. But the one thing I want to I want to tell the listeners is, I went back to, um, I was invited by friends, one of whom is the Grim Reaper. As you know, um, every silver lining has a cloud. Um, <laughs> And, you know, they're all Pats fans, but they actually invited us in to, to, to you know, to, to have a drink with them that in, in a little private room. And it was fantastic. But we got arguing about the decisions, right? And uh, I was adamant that if the Bowles penalty was soft, well, then the one he didn't give on Dil Dylan Connolly should have been a penalty, right? And this is related to VAR now. But we had that, this great argument. Nobody was too upset about the decisions. The referee made the decision. He called it. We all accepted. And we got arguing about it in the pub. When I looked at back, the referee got both decisions right. It was a penalty. And the other one that I thought might have been wasn't, you know? Yeah. So you'd have to kind of say, I know I'd love to think VAR is good for the game if they got it right. But it was refreshing to be at a game where... Yeah. You just got it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You kind of forget that, don't you? You kind yeah. of forget. It was a cracking effort for the Irish League as well. That cup final it was a really good Dublin derby, yeah. And a really, I have to say, Pat really probably edged it. To be honest, didn't they? They don't. Well, they, they won it. They, didn't edge it. they won it. <laughs> um, up the bows, as uh, Eamon said. <laughs> no, it was a great game, though, Jonathan. You know? No, it was. It was. I have to say, I like. It's probably the best. I haven't seen really a bad cup final, you know, like, I think it's staged in a great stadium as well, you know, the players deserve, you know, that setting, you know. But for anybody who wasn't there, first of all, there's a few things I want to remark on, and I don't want to talk about it too much. First of all, things that I noticed, the atmosphere where all the flares going up, yeah. it was like Juventus in the 80s, you know. <laughs> it was absolutely raucous, like, you know, without yeah. being violent. Yeah. Secondly, because of the pricing for the tickets, 20 quid no matter where you were, mm. people were able to bring their kids. And thirdly, without getting political, that warmed the cockles of my heart 
the number of various foreign nationals that live in Ireland that were decked out in their bow scars. And I'm sure it was the same up the other end, but from where I was standing was, um, to me, was a great commentary on how our society could progress, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 It's been a a busy show, that's but a good show. Um, I'd just like to end this again with just our charities for November, as I said at the start of the show. Um, November.ie to support Martin with that beautiful tash he's grown at the moment for men's health in November. Um, And also BreakthroughCancerResearch.ie for the 90k challenge I'm doing at the moment. That's kind of, it's close to my heart this year. So um, any donations, no matter big or small, is welcome from everyone. Um, I'd like to thank um, Matt and Eamon, thanks for coming on tonight. That's been a good yes, show. Fair play to us for the charity, but I just want to say one thing about Martin's moustache growing. You know the way you get the itch near the nose? Do you know what that must, do you know what that must be? So frustrating, Deirdre. You've heard it here, Martin. <laughs> Feel free to shout that out anytime it's getting the itch. Um, uh, as always, you can catch our show on the Dublin Arts and YouTube channel. Thanks again to Martin for editing, editing this show. It's superbly done, as always, without him to be in the podcast. Uh, catch us on Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook page. Um, check out our sister show, uh, Beyond the Last Man, with Martin himself. Um, check out our sponsors, uh, Bannon Sports Direct and Luke and Housekeeping Services. Thanks for them. Uh, check out our friends at JoeSarsen.com. And as always, the River Bar in Dublin City Centre is where we all meet for um, any game we play over the season. So uh, thanks to Matt and Eamon for tonight. Uh, we'll be back, next week, back next week for the, uh, a mini, kind of a mini review of our first five games uh, in the league and Champions League and um, whatever else we can talk about to fill in in <laughs> half an hour or so. But um, thanks for listening and um, until next week, lads, have a good one. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Cheers, all. Bye. Cheers.